Welcome to the Forever Woman Podcast. Here's Matthew Coast. So if you are in the dating and relationship world at all, maybe you're dating, maybe you're in a relationship, you may, you just may at some point end up running into some rejection. Maybe a guy ghosts you, maybe he doesn't respond to your text messages or your emails. Maybe you're in a relationship and, and, you know, you get cheated on and you end up going through a divorce or a really bad breakup. And this can be really devastating to your self-esteem, to your confidence, starts making you question whether you're really worth it, whether you're really enough to be in the kind of relationship that you want to be in. And so today we're going to be talking about how to make yourself rejection proof, how to stay strong and confident even in the face of all of this rejection. Hello, my name is Matthew Coast. And today with me, we have a special guest. Her name is Marnie Batista. And uh, Marnie has been, um, is, she's, if you don't know who she is, which you should, if you don't, you should. She is a rock star in our industry. She is a, an amazing coach, a facilitator, and uh, an expert in dating and relationship areas. And she has helped a lot of women in uh, just taking ownership of, their lives and their relationships and making sure that they get into their happily ever after. And so thank you so much for being with us today, Marnie. I'm so happy to be here. It's a, an amazing opportunity to change the world one, one person at a time. Yeah, <laughs> there, you go. there you go. That's right. And so um, this topic of, of um, uh, being rejection proof, why do you think this is a really important topic to talk about? Well, I think, you know, look, when I, I started this journey for myself, uh, I think of, you know, the, my 16 year old birthday party where I invited like my boyfriend and he didn't show up, you know, and I was rejected. Um, there are so many micro and macro traumas we have in our whole life around rejection and abandonment. And what happens is we, the process of dating is opening yourself up to meeting people and it's not going to be a match. Like, 99% of the time, right? Like you, you need one. So you're going to get rejected most of the time. So what we know is that in order to date with dignity, with confidence, to be attractive and attracting the right kind of person that you really want, resilience is key. And it'll also help you in the relationship that you establish with that person. So in order to be a person who is resilient, more happy, have more peace, have more joy, have, have better intimacy, you have to learn how to experience rejection um, as not personal and not a reflection of who you really are at your core. And when you can do that, like you are, you are a queen and dating can be fun and you're a more happy, fulfilled person. Absolutely. No, I, I totally agree. And <laughs> I'm really, I, you, uh, um, you sent over this, these, uh, this slide earlier and it's got all this stuff on it. And I, I can't wait to find out like what we're actually like, how you kind of navigate this area. Cause this is something that 
I know is very, very important, but it's also something that I haven't really touched on specifically. And so um, I'm really uh, curious about how you're going to be talking about this. So, um, so let's get started. What, uh, like, what, are, what are we doing here? How do we, um, you know, let's take a scenario or something and, and dive into it. Like what, what should a woman do if she's facing rejection, she's having a hard time, she's taking it personally, which is really hard not to, um, what should she do? So I think the number one thing to do, and, and this is such a great thing, is to start, and I call them like romantic ruts, because what we want to do is I want you to kind of, with this sort of philosophy, I am the common denominator in all my failed relationships, right, where I've been rejected. Um, I want you to kind of start thinking about what are the moments that you have in those ruts where you feel like you get triggered by the experience of being rejected? Because what we know is if I were to sort of take the average scenario, um, you start out, let's say it's Sunday night and you are like Monday, I'm, you know, forget the last guy, forget my last three dates, forget the boyfriend, fresh start, it's spring, right? You get online and you feel so much possibility and you, maybe you send out some messages or maybe you look at who's messaged you and you're not thrilled with who's reaching out to you. What happens is you have a whole, a whole lot of feelings and thoughts. And if you didn't get what you want or you got what you didn't want, you are going to have a moment for an experience of rejection. I'm going to say that again because all our dissatisfaction around dating can be broken into two things that cause a stress reaction, which usually makes us feel like there's something wrong with us. You don't get what you want or you get what you don't want, right? You get those guys reaching out and you're like, really? Is that what, is that what I have to choose from? Or someone that you reach out to doesn't respond. So those are these moments where you are going to have an experience of a feeling. And most of us, our brain is wired to make meaning of the feeling where we feel out of control and uncertain. And so what's going to happen is we connect a bunch of dots. And what happens is we make it mean typically there's something wrong with us. So when we get into those deep, dark soul of the night moments, what can happen, Matthew, is, and people don't want to admit this, so it's okay, is why did he do that? What does it mean when he did that? How come this is happening to me? All distills down to this little funnel in your rut where the central question is, what's wrong with me? And that's kind of where it starts. So you can put up the slide unless you have any other questions just about what I've said. Um. No, here's the slide. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I totally get it. And, and, um, you know, I've experienced this before women in our community, I hear this all the time and a lot of them just feel like they want to, they just want to give up, you know, they want to quit. They want to just, uh, swear dating off all together, work on their business, you know, get involved in hobbies, you know, exercise a whole lot, do whatever, whatever they can to stop thinking about this because there's so much pain that's kind of associated with it. And it, and I think it hits at such a deep level that it's something where you're like, okay, I've, I've got to do something about this. And if they don't really have, if you don't really have a path on what to do, it's like, okay, let me just focus somewhere else. So I'm not feeling it so much. 
Well, yeah, and that's what's really tragic about it is that, you know, you're the amygdala, the part of your brain, I call it um, based on this work by Vander, uh, Bessel van der Kolk, it's like a smoke detector for your for your operating system, right? And it's constantly scanning, you know, is it safe? Is it safe? Is it safe? And when we get so many rejections in a row, repeat it, especially if it's triggering rejection or abandonment from your history, um, your nervous system can only take so much. So if you have that feeling like, I'm out, like I can't take it anymore, that is a sign that it's time to start flipping the paradigm rather than trying harder or turning away or avoiding. We want to impl uh, implement the system that I've got here on the slide that I'm going to go over with you. So let's start with that moment that you described where you're like, screw this. Like, I'm out. Um, I can't do this anymore. So number one, I'm going to put up this. I like, I used to be a nursery school teacher, so I like signs. And <laughs> uh, number one is you have to trust the process. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Because yep. it is a process. You are not going to show up and be like, cool you know like i just did what marty and matthew said and i'm instantly healed and everything's resolved we are literally retraining the brain for years decades multiple decades of neural wiring that when that moment happens we go to the deep dark soul of the night what's wrong with me okay so it's a process and you're going to practice it so the first thing our brain normally will do is what's wrong with me is a reflection of um this core message that we get usually from our childhood, that's a version of I suck. I'm not enough, I'm not lovable, or a lot of your viewers might have the one of I'm too much, right? Have you ever been told like, sit down, be quiet, right? Like you're too loud, you're too big. A lot of women will hear like, I'm intimidating, I'm too successful. So you find your flavor of I'm not enough. And if you're really smart and you achieve a lot in other areas of your life, which you probably do, the second after you go, what's wrong with me? You go, you know what? What's wrong with me? You're like mad at yourself that you think what's wrong with me. You're mad at yourself that you haven't figured it out. You start beating yourself up. Your brain wants to find the answer. It wants to be in control. So it starts looking back at the string of text messages. Did I say something wrong? You might post it up and be like, hey, does this sound right in a group that you're in on Facebook? Maybe Matt, you asked Matthew, right? Like, do, do you see where I went wrong here? You might send it to your friends, your best guy friend. I used to have a guy friend who was my wingman and he would just like facepalm me all the time. Like, I can't believe you did that, right? So we're trying to figure it out because we need an answer. And what we do is we start to go into regret and remorse, self-doubt, self-pity, uh, which leads to that apathy, which is like, I'm not motivated, I'm out. So we need to give you the antidote. So the secret antidote is this. I got another little visual for you. This. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. You need the purple heart toward yourself. So the first part of the process in that slide is self-compassion. Now, here's the thing, ladies. You are so good at, at compassion. Um, 
I know this because if you date a guy who's a fixer upper, you're like, oh, it's okay. I feel so bad. You know, his mom left when he was 12, right? Or he's having a really hard time at work. I'm just going to make like four meals from him and for him and pay for dinner. Um, if your kids are hurt, if your family member at work, you have compassion. We're so good at directing compassion outwardly. The first part of this antidote is self-compassion. So all of the research that we know, there's a woman named Kristen Neff, who is like one of the leading researchers around self-compassion. And she has done studies that show that women and men in long-term relationships are the most happy when they can practice self-compassion. So in that moment, instead of saying, I suck, why do I suck? What's wrong with me that I suck after I read the book, I went to therapy, I have the t-shirt, I've done the work. You're going to flip it and you're going to be like, why does it make perfect sense that I'm really upset about this? Right? So you are going to show yourself some love. Okay? So the first piece of this, and there's actually studies that show we want to activate, Kristen Neff calls it the mammalian caregiving system. So you get bonus points if you actually do a behavior associated with those thoughts. So it might look like um, holding your own hand, right? So just saying like, why does it make perfect sense? Of course it makes sense. Like this guy and I had a really good conversation or on the date he said, I'll call you. Like it makes perfect sense. And you might want to stroke your cheek. You can also do your ear, you know, um, if you are feeling like you're in a place where you can even put your hand on your belly. So you want to have this loving conversation toward yourself like you would to another person. That will get the part of your brain called your prefrontal cortex, the part that is a grown-up adult, a grown-ass woman, as we like to say, a GAW, back online, and it'll get out of focusing on him and what's wrong with you into a place of self-compassion and self-love. So that is the first place where you sort of pivot from your usual negative uh, self-talk. Make sense? Yep, absolutely. Okay. All right, so let's keep going. So we're, remember, you're like, God, that took so much work. That's why you're trusting the process. Okay. Trust the process. Trust the process. Okay, number two. Okay, so after you give yourself a little love and some self-compassion, you are going to create feelings of self-love, self-worthiness. I always say you want to be the person you want to attract. And you want to attract an amazing person. And you're going to like give this person all the love that's in your heart. And you're going to want this person to receive that love. Because we've all been in relationships where we're giving all our love and the person isn't receiving it. Um, the person is rejecting us, right? So you've just given yourself all this love. So now you're going to let yourself receive it. So instead of giving yourself a list of reasons why you're wrong, because your brain is going to feel so uncomfortable with all this self-compassion, you are going to practice self-love. You're going to remember that pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. You're going to remember that when you put your heart out there, like you're such a warrior for even dating and putting yourself out there, that part of the process is it's not going to be a match. 
right? So you're going to like love on yourself for being courageous, for putting yourself out there, for becoming informed and also for taking action. One of my favorite things to do is to uh, get a little book, like I call it a brag book and put it by your bed or in your desk and just pull it out and write down 50 reasons why you're lovable, right? Love your, like write a love letter to yourself. So once you start to be in this process and when it's not a match or you have an experience of what you're going to use the words up until now, you used to call rejection. Now it's just information. Now it's just the process of dating. You are going to be filled with self-love. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, this is dating. Like all these misses are not a reflection of me at all. They're a reflection of the actual dating process, right? Like I'm out there. This guy's a match. This guy's not a match. Um, because guess what? There's amazing men out there and there's men who aren't so amazing, right? Just because you run into a few of them or even many of them, as you will in the experience of putting yourself out into the world, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. So now you're full, right? You're full. This is when I say to you, yes. <laughs> I, love, I love all these props that you have. It's Thank great. you. I'm getting really good at pandemic education. So, okay. So instead of dating being this, where you're like, no, I don't want to do it anymore. Every time you're in an experience of it's not a match, what are you going to say? You're going to be like, yes. Yes, queen. Right? I am, I am dating. I'm putting myself out there. It makes perfect sense. I'm disappointed, frustrated, rejected. You're going to feel your feelings. You're going to start to have self-love. And then you're going to be resilient which means that when it's not a match, you're going to practice my favorite word, which I don't have a little stick for, and that is next, right? It's not a match. Next. A great way to think about this is ask yourself, am I going to care about this six weeks from now? Am I going to care about this one dude, you know, who I don't even know his real name. He was just like, passionate for life on match.com. Do I care about him six weeks from now? I don't even know him. Do I care about him six months from now, six years from now? No, because I am resilient. So you're going to practice next, which when you in that moment of yes, you're going to say, so what now what? So what now what? Write it down on a post-it note. You know, write it down, put it on your mirror. Guess what I have on the back of trust the process? Post-it notes so that you can remind yourself to trust the process. Okay, so go back to the slide, Matthew. Sure. Okay, so now we are resilient. When you are resilient, you are rejection-proof. That means no man can reject you. When you stop focusing on him and start focusing on you and what you're learning and what you want, you can start doing what we call assess and adjust, which means that you're in control. So if you get feedback or data, 
around the dating results you're having, and maybe you're not getting first dates. Maybe you're not getting past the first date. Maybe you're not getting past the third date. Maybe you're not dating. Maybe you have multiple three to four month relationships that never work out. That's feedback. That's data. That is the curriculum you need to learn in your life, as a mentor once told me. So when you have that feedback, you're in control of your dating process. Um, and you can put yourself out there. You can ask for what you want. You can tell someone that you're dating your preferences because you're not worried about him not liking you or him not being interested because you told him that you prefer to do a Zoom call before you meet him, right? Because think about all those decisions when you're not doing this are made from fear of rejection. That right there, that's like mind blowing, right? All the decisions that we make, the things that we text, the things that we say that we overthink are usually in an effort to avoid rejection. When you are no longer avoiding rejection. You get to state what you want. You get to have boundaries. You get to be in control. And here is the most fun part of all. When you are in control and you have all of this self-worth and self-love, guess what? You are the queen. Yeah. And men will be saying to you, what? here's the camera. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. Right? And you're like, now you're choosing when you are choosing. I mean, Matthew, you tell me you're a guy when a woman comes in and she's like, um, you know, no F's given and she's open and she's fun and she's playful. It's more attractive, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, you've touched on so many different things already. And I hope everybody that's watching right now is taking notes. If, you, if you're not, you should get out a pen and paper and start taking some notes right now. Um, but, uh, you know, I talk about a few different things on how to get to this space because that is, I mean, really, it's the ideal space to get to where you're just like, hey, you know, whatever happens, happens. I'm going to, instead of making this this um, date something where I'm trying to force something to happen, I've got to do all this stuff. It's like, it's a dance, you know, it's you're, you're just playing, you're having fun, you're, you're, um, it's not a big deal, you know, and, and you're not attached to what's going on or what should happen or, you know, all the different things that you could be attached to in that moment. And it's just it for, for a man, like, cause most women, when they go to dating, they're not like that. You know, there's kind of this spectrum of different things that happen. And usually for most guys, it's, it's somewhere between like, uh, there's like one woman that's like got her checklist and she's going through each thing. Like, you know, like she's having an interview or something like that. Like, do you fit into these boxes that I have? Right. And then there's these other women and it's, um, and it's really kind of a painful experience for everybody. And so when you can get to this space where you're not attached to um, having everything this certain way and you're not, um, you're not taking everything personally and you're just having fun and you're being playful. It's like a totally different experience, not only for the guy, but also for yourself. And you'll be far more attractive to everybody that you meet, including guys and women and friends and everybody. And you're, you'll feel better about your life and everything will get better. So I'm, I'm totally on board with you here, Marnie. It's, it's what's amazing is that when you are rejection proof, like think about all these things that, you know, you have resiliency and self-love, like you're more attractive at work 
we have so many clients before they even get their boyfriend, you know, like in the first three to four weeks, they get more job opportunities or a promotion at work or a great thing happening in their career. Because when you are resilient, you are, your heart is open and life doesn't feel like an emotional roller coaster. Um, so why don't you bring the, the slide up and we'll kind of, so, so when you're in control, you attract a high quality man. Um, now, why does it say forgiveness? Because I, I think that that is kind of the watchword is that the moment that you start to feel triggered, and this is what I'd love you to write on your post-it note, is forgive. Um, because when you remember that you're going to forgive yourself, you will be able to activate this cycle of self-compassion and self-love, right? And, and walk through this process. So forgiveness, forgiving yourself for the mistakes that you may have made, right? I When I shared my story there for a minute, yeah, my friend was like, oh God. And I was like, okay, well, what do I need to learn here? Um, and the other thing I really want to present that you mentioned, which is so important, is that need to like interview, to, to try and get control. That's at the top of that chart, right? All of those things are because you feel uncertain, right? And so the way that we try to create certainty is by creating control. So you're kind of trying to bypass all of these steps by interviewing, by putting your guard up, by trying to micromanage the process, by thinking you need one thing that when really, in fact, what you really need from a partner is something else. So I just want you to understand that that need to control comes in when the stakes are high that need to control comes into place when you are trying to avoid rejection. And that way isn't working, right? We've talked about why it's not working. So it's a it's a little bit of our mantra on our campus, the slower you go, the faster you get there. So taking the time to practice, starting with that forgiveness and self-compassion is gonna be really, really important. And then just to give you a guideline of kind of what this is globally, and this is at the top of the, this chart is in order to really live courageously and date with dignity and attract your high quality person, you're going to constantly be going through this process because now you're rejection proof, right? So now you're just starting to ask higher quality questions instead of what's wrong with me or why did he do that? Or what does it mean when he questions of which you will never know the answer ever, <laughs> um, you're going to start asking better questions which is reveal, what is this trying to show me? You're going to go into that assess, look at your results, ask questions. What is it showing me? What do I need to learn? You're going to look at those patterns, those beliefs that are holding you back. You're going to go through processes to release them, not just intellectually, but like holistically. And then you have to learn a whole lot of new skills, which we call the rejuvenate process. So that reveal, release, rejuvenate is your permanent way out of what's wrong with me, try to get control, get attached, try to micromanage to feel better, to attract a guy, which doesn't work. This reveal, release, rejuvenate and trusting this whole process is how you're going to get a different result. It's beautiful. The whole thing is beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it too. I, love it I too. have I have a special one for you, Matthew. I mean, <laughs> you rock. Well, you rock too, Marnie. <laughs> I love it. 
I love it. Cool. Yeah. I mean, man, this is, this is really, really cool stuff right here. And I mean, there's so many different things that I could say about each one of these different things individually. We, we just had a woman in here who was mentioning, um, she said something about like how sad it is to like talk to yourself. Let's see if I can find the, the comment real quickly. Yeah. Um, and it, it's one of those things where, um, I think, um, we have so many comments I, we have like hundreds of comments right now. Um, it, it's one of those things where a lot of people, they focus on giving compassion and loving other people. And one of the challenges that a lot of people have is that they feel like giving themselves love is this kind of weird thing that they shouldn't be doing, or it's like, um, it just doesn't make sense to them or something like that. And it, it might feel that way at first when you're doing it. However, at least in my own experience, what I found is it's more like, it's more like trying on a new pair of pants, right? Like when you first try to put the new pair of pants on, it's like this awkward thing that you're doing, but then, you know, you buy the pants and you take it home and you wear the pants a few times. Next thing you know, they're your best fitting pants. You love these pants. You're like, you know, dancing around and showing these pants off, you know? And, and I found that this, it's the same thing when it comes to like having compassion for yourself and loving yourself and, and doing a lot of these things that Marnie's talking about here. So yeah, I was just going to say about that. Look, here's the thing. Um, it does feel awkward because most of us, we weren't trained up to talk nicely to ourselves. In fact, um, most people have a belief that the way that we get stuff done is kicking our own ass, right? Like, you know, whether it was like study harder or work harder or, and, and that might be how you experienced even love growing up was like people who love me, like, you know, kick my butt. Um, so it's I want to tell you right now, there's something that we always say on our campus. You are going to have to be in uncomfortable spaces to change, right? The only way to get what you want is to do moves that feel weird and uncomfortable. Um, you know, it's like, I love the pants uh, analogy. Um, I just read that uh, if you're not a millennial uh, well, if you're any age over a certain amount, you're not supposed to be wearing skinny jeans anymore. It's like skinny jeans, right? <laughs> They're comfortable, right? Like the flare thing, like you have to wear a higher shoe or now they're straight leg pants. I'm like, I just want to wear my comfy, cozy, skinny jeans with a big shirt over it. Right. And that's, and we have to keep, we have to keep up for what it is that we want. And we have to have a new identity. Um, I love Josie's comment talking to myself. That seems so sad. Yeah. I would love to know what seems sad about it. Um, <laughs> what's sad, Josie? What's sad? Yeah. What's sad. And here's what I think she might be saying is because she's giving herself, um, compassion she fe and feelings will come up. And my guess is that when you do it for the first time and you really hit a nerve, you might actually feel sad. Right. Because you're actually loving on a part of yourself that actually needs love. And what I want you to understand is that when you turn towards yourself, it's like you think the guys are over here, right? Like they're in the other side of the room. Right. And so you guys are focused on that and talking to yourself and doing this process feels sad and hard and uncomfortable. Guess what? 
the quality guys are over there and you're over there. So if you turn toward yourself, you're actually facing in the right direction. It's like mm. you're shopping in the wrong mall, people. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so did, did you want to say anything more specifically on being rejection proof? Um, yeah, what I think I'll just add to that is that you guys have some directions, right? So when you get direct, when you get rejected, you're going to flip it around in your mind to it's not a match, right? So what now what? You're going to remember these where I have these little visual. You're going to say yes, right? What if the universe is protecting you from that schmo, <laughs> right? Like he's not your guy. Um, he's the universe, divine source, whoever, however you see it is pointing you in the direction that you need to go, right? It's like when you take kids bowling and they have those little lanes in the side, right? It's, it's forcing you to just keep going on this path. And so you want to be able to ask a higher quality question. What is this trying to show me? What do I need to learn? What are the patterns here? Um, there's a million answers. Um, but don't focus on the ones like that you can't answer, which is why did he say that? What does it mean that um, you'll never know? There's a different answer for every human on the planet. Totally, totally agree with it. And um, if, if you're here with us right now and you have a question, go ahead and post your question in the chat and we will get to it here in just a second. And so I just wanted to throw something else out there around what Marnie was talking about. And it's something that, that we talk about here uh, quite a bit on this channel. And it's the idea that, that of uh, changing, changing the meaning, right? Changing the meaning of what happened instead of looking at it like there's something wrong with me and I'm the problem. Instead, in finding empowering meaning. And one of the most empowering meanings that you can find is exactly what Marnie was talking about, what, which was, you know, maybe there's a higher purpose for this. Maybe the, the universe or God or whatever you believe in, the divine, is trying to teach me some lesson. Maybe it's protecting me from being in a situation that I shouldn't be in. And instead, is guiding me? What if I'm being guided towards uh, what what really is my destiny in life? Towards having the relationship that I wanted, and maybe I couldn't have it coming from the space that I was in and being with the person that I was with. And instead, there's something greater out there for me, and maybe I need to step up a little bit and start looking at myself a little bit differently and start looking at men a little bit differently and start looking at my life a little bit differently and start instead of, um, you know, turning all of this into, I've got to have it right now and I've got to force this right now. And I've got to, you know, turn this guy into this person that I want him to be. What if it's about, you know, just enjoying your life and turning your life into a celebration and loving each moment and, and connecting with the, the person that's in front of you, connecting with yourself and, um, you know, just creating better moments, each moment of your life, you know? And so, um, uh, yeah, I loved everything that you had to say here. Uh, let's go through some of these. If you're ready to attract a man who loves you, sees you and cherishes you visit the forever right now.